It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Today on the show, Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee for another edition of Zhao You Doing? How you doing? Breaking down the Packers' 30-16 to win on Monday and, and pushing this thing forward as the Packers enter their bye week. Before we get there, there's a couple things that I want to get to. Uh, we're going we're gonna to close the show talking about Josiah DeGuara and his unfortunate injury. Looks like he's going to be out for the season with a torn ACL. I, I just want to say before we get into uh, the Aaron Rodgers topic that I want to start the show with, uh, Mark Murphy announced that the Packers are, are suspending plans indefinitely to have fans at Lambeau Field this season. And the reason I want to bring it up is a couple reasons. Uh, other states are making this work. Other NFL teams are making this work because they don't have infection rates like Wisconsin. This is a special season for Green Bay. They are on a unique and historic track with an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. If you want to be a part of that, if you want the Packers to have fans in their stadiums to create more of an advantage than they would otherwise have, an advantage that in other cities, at least to some degree, those teams are getting. The Chiefs have butts in seats. The Cowboys have butts in seats. Now, I understand that it hasn't helped the Cowboys to this point, but it could help Green Bay, especially with a defense that could use a little bit of a pick-me-up from the fans and the energy that you can create as a fan. What's going on in Wisconsin right now with the COVID numbers is startling and sad 
and disappointing and embarrassing. And I, you know, Governor Evers recently uh, instituted a limit on businesses, a, a capacity limit. It's not a stay-at-home order. It's not a mask order. There are mask mandates uh, in, in some of the bigger cities, like Milwaukee. Schools are going virtual, but we all need to play our parts, and we need to be vigilant, and we need to be wearing masks, staying home when possible, because if you want to see the Packers with fans in the seats, if you want to go to a game, if you want to be able to go and tailgate at Lambeau and have that game day experience, it has to be because we have gotten this under control. And as I've said before on the show a million times, it doesn't matter if you care about this. It doesn't because the NFL does. And you don't want Kenny Clark or Aaron Rodgers or Zadarius Smith or Darnell Savage or Jair Alexander winding up on the COVID list because they will have to sit. They will have to sit. So again, it doesn't matter what you think about this. If you think it's no big deal or you want to pour into the mortality rates only, that's your right as a human. But if you want to see Packer football and you want to be maximally protective of your team, just, you know, for a couple months, stay inside if you can. Don't go to bars. Don't go to restaurants if you can't be distant, if you can't be safe, and wear a mask when possible. This is something we all need to be a part of. We all have to be doing it together because weak links are how this becomes a major problem. We're seeing it in Tennessee. You don't want the Packers to miss games. You don't want the Packers to have to postpone games. You don't want to miss Packer games. And if you want fans to be at Lambeau Field, if you want to be able to go, Things have to get better in Wisconsin, and we shouldn't have to be having a conversation about football and have that be the impetus for us doing better here, but we have to do better. All right, let's talk about football because I don't I don't want to spend too much time more on that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's been really good, really like historically good, and we know we know that he's been you know better than he has been. I don't think that's, you know, even close to a hot take, but some of the numbers are startling. Uh, he leads the league in an estimated points added per play. It's the best QBR season since they started tracking QBR in 2006, which includes that ridiculous Tom Brady season in 07, Peyton Manning in 2013 when they broke every record, uh, Aaron Rodgers himself in 2011. They're the first team to score 150 plus points with no turnovers in the first four games of the year. And this is the most points the team has scored in the first four games going back to 1921. The offense is the best in the league. Number one in DVOA. Number one in EPA per play by a mile. Uh, and they're really good in, in large part because Aaron Rodgers has been really good. Zero turnover worthy throws. And first in what Pro Football Focus calls accurate plus throws. He's on pace to break his own passer rating record on pace to break his own touchdown personal bests and yardage personal bests, on pace to become just the fourth quarterback ever to top 50 touchdowns, and certainly has a chance, would have to get a little bit more uh, effective throwing touchdowns, but has a chance to break the single season record for touchdowns. That's how good Aaron Rodgers has been. And he, on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, talked about how he feels 
about some of the conversations around him and his play falling off. Did you hear that stuff? I would assume you did. You have to in the world that we're in, that you you see that every single day. And do you think being a second year in your offense that you're currently in with the floor is a massive advantage to maybe what was happening last year? I mean, I don't know. Every every team is different. Every year is different. And, you know, circumstances in, in any year which allow you to have more success or, or make it more difficult for success just kind of depends on the situation. Um, it does help being a second year, for sure. I feel a lot more comfortable. But... You know, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about, you know, down years for me, because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. That was awesome. I am so happy you said that. And of course, he's right about that. He's right about that. And you have to understand that he takes all of these things personally and seriously. And, and he knows what's being said. He's one of those guys that says, I don't really pay attention to what's being said and then can quote verbatim what's being said. <laughs> he is very in tune to all of this because he's someone who thrives off the chip on his shoulder. And he's listening to when the media takes a story and runs with it. Uh, on the Pat McAfee show the week before, he told an anecdote about uh, about you know pretending to to not hear a play call from Matt Lafleur, and you know I mentioned it on the show. I think I put it in the proper context, but some people wanted to make it out to be a dramatic story, and Rogers had some takes. Uh, and and just for those of you who are listening with kids, there is some language in this quote, so just be aware of that. All I guess not. The fucking media does is write stories to get clicks. So, so it doesn't matter. Like I can give a long answer about something and they can take a blip of it and write a story about it that has nothing to do with what I was saying. Nobody's going to take the time to, to, unless you're watching this live, to listen to this entire interview. They're going to take pieces of it. They don't, you know, and if I'm not doing this in person, you can't see, you know, uh, facial expressions. Or if you're not listening to it, if you're just reading a transcript, you can't hear voice inflection and, and tone and inference. So... That's just the way it is. Now, we try to avoid clickbait journalism on this program, and and I try and avoid it in my own writing, but there's a lot of it out there, and Aaron Rodgers is aware of it. He is using it as fuel. So all of the, the Zen stuff, I think, is real, and he does seem more at peace. He seems so comfortable back there. You, you just, at the line of scrimmage, he knows where everyone needs to be, and he knows where the defense is going to be. And he just he, he drops back knowing he's going to be protected, knowing that that blitz pickup is coming, knowing that the protection is going to hold up and knowing that the receivers are going to be open, seeing more receivers open than he ever has. And part of that is Matt LaFleur has done an expert job at scheming guys open. I mean, the, the amount of wide open receivers, we've never seen it. And in some ways, it's it's become a, a talking point with his MVP campaign because people are pulling up videos of Aaron Jones, you know, wide open and Robert Tanyan wide open and the touchdown throws there. I don't want to get into a, a competition after four weeks. I said that I thought Aaron Rodgers was the MVP front runner. People said Russell Wilson. For me, the case boils down to Aaron Rodgers is putting up historic numbers just as Russ is. And Rodgers has done it for two and a half games without Devontae Adams. 
That's the crux of the argument to me. Russ has been incredible. Amazing. Patrick Mahomes is is still an otherworldly player. He hasn't started as hot as those guys. Josh Allen is still playing really well. And, and I know that, you know, a lot of people are going to want to wait and see with him. I'm one of those people. But Aaron Rodgers, to me, in terms of value to his team, the control that he has of the game, the command that he has is the MVP. And you you know he's internalized all of this. Now, what I think is funny is that's been the narrative the last few years. Oh, yeah, this is going to be an FU season from Aaron Rodgers. It was supposed to come in 2018 after the collarbone injury. Then it was supposed to come in 2019 with Matt LaFleur. Well, the reality is it was never going to happen in 2019 in the first year of an offense with some limited weapons. This is this is the what's up season. And I said this on our Monday show. I said if, if Aaron Rodgers, you know, if Monday night in prime time, was a chance to say everything else is is fine. Uh, Russell Wilson, you're having a great season. I'm winning MVP. And he went out and had an MVP performance, completed 80% of his passes, uh, four touchdowns, and was just absolutely in control of the game from start to finish. He controls the game right now in, in stadiums with no fans. He controls the game from his cadence, to his pre-snap reads, to his post-snap looks, the accuracy with which he's throwing the ball right now. He's controlling the game in a way no one else in the league can or does. And in a way that, you know, over the course of his career, we've never seen anyone do it. I mean, the free play stuff, he is number one with a bullet in all that stuff. But his ability to anticipate where guys are going to be, what the defense is going to do, and then throw with timing and accuracy this season in particular has just been incredibly fun to watch. He's playing at a different level. And when he says my down years are as good as, you know, other people's career years, he's not he's not lying about that. That's real. You know, his his worst season, which is 2015, really, you know, he threw 31 touchdown passes. Dak Prescott, who's about to become the highest paid player in the league, has never thrown 31 touchdown passes. I just, it's worth mentioning. You know, his 2018 season is better than John Elway's best season. Now, I know John Elway played in the 90s and the 80s, but his numbers in 93, for example, are really not that different than what Aaron Rodgers put up in 2018, and and Rodgers was more efficient uh, and and more productive. The the league is certainly different, but it's the the same offense, really, uh, that he's running now. I mean, the, the Mike Shanahan offense is what Green Bay is running now, and you're seeing Aaron Rodgers be incredibly efficient at doing it. We've we've never seen someone as gifted as Rodgers put in this position, and, and he's proving it right now. Let me prove to you that Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. You have to get some. You have to get some. <laughs> they have 18 amazing flavors and six new ones. Caramel brownie, cherry barcia, which is really good. Peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate. All of these are delicious options. They're all 100% covered in chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. Best of all, they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Right now, this is really the best part. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off the best-tasting protein bar ever at BuiltBar.com. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. 
This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, we are back for another edition of everyone's favorite game. How you doing? The Packers take care of the Atlanta Falcons 30-16 to on Monday night. No Devontae Adams, no Alan Lazard, and a host of other players out. It doesn't matter. The Packers get the win. Let's start at the most important place we possibly can. Lily, how you doing? How you doing, Peter? I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm great. Uh, the Packers are four and zero. They're also great. I, I think it would be easy to say, yeah, we could have seen this coming. Aaron Rodgers is really good. Matt Lafleur is is a really good coach, and Aaron, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are good players. But I, I think even the optimistic view of a game without Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard could not have envisioned. 30 points with an, a, a, another situation where they, they get stopped at fourth and one at the goal. I mean, this could have easily been a 37-point game without two of your best players. Exactly. And I know, you know, the the two words, trap game, I, I saw the, that kind of thrown around this past week. And you mm. know, get it because, you know, they're getting their two good receivers back in Ridley and Julio Jones. And then, you know, on the other end, the Packers don't have that. So you're wondering, you know, this is a team that's going to be rejuvenated. They're, they're going to want their first one of the season in the Falcons. So it's, it's going to be tough to play them. But, you know, after that opening drive, just kind of seeing them just move down the field basically at will, I had a feeling I was like, you know what? I don't think it's going to be a trap game. But then there was like a little <laughs> moment of like doubt on that fourth and one or fourth and goal stop at the one where I'm like, hmm. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I think they're going to be okay. There was never a doubt in my mind watching that game on Monday night that they couldn't score on offense. And that's a different feeling that I've had this year opposed to years past. Yeah, there's a there's a confidence difference, right? I mean, every time Rodgers goes back to pass, you feel like something good is going to happen. Whereas, you know, last year to a, to a lesser degree than 2018, but in, in 2018 especially, you're just like, is this going to work? What are we doing? I don't I don't know. And and this really does feel like a return to form for this offense where if if the ball is snapped, you feel like something good can happen because Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams or now Big Bob Tanyan can make plays. I, I can't remember any time since maybe 2014, which you were you came in right after that. Where, where this team looked and felt like this since you've been here has have have you had that experience uh not at all and that's why i keep saying i feel like i'm <laughs> <still here. laughs> um i'm like you know it's it's all my fault uh they haven't been that great on offense it's because i can't do something 
But uh, <laughs> you know what, Peter? I'm like, I really do have a sense. This Maybe it's because you went to Milwaukee. You're not in Green Bay physically anymore. <laughs> right. I'm like that bad juju is out of Green Bay now. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was never there was never a sense of um, worry, I guess, offensively. Where again, like I keep saying this, but last year, you know, in games that they should have easily blown out on paper, it was a it was a struggle. But then it's just been a complete yeah. one eight this year, where teams that they should have blown out, they are blowing out, and it's been fun to see. I don't know everyone's going to say, oh, the Falcons, you know, they're playing their their third string defense, yada yada yada. It's like, well, you know, Rodgers is also throwing to to someone. Well, I shouldn't say unproven, but just guys that we haven't really heard about on the outside, per se. So we can we can say unproven. We can say unproven. Malik Taylor made his first first NFL catch uh, and had never played an NFL game. So we we can say unproven, I think. Good. I will. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting is, um, you know, you, you mentioned last year versus this year. This is a game that I don't think the Packers win by 14 last year. Because they they did win a lot of games ugly, and we thought even coming in, oh, they're gonna they're gonna have to win this game ugly because they don't have the talent on the field that they did earlier in the season. And they go out and and they just execute the Falcons to death. We think about last year in the second half. I mean, that Giants game, the aesthetics look great at the end, but that was a close game going into the fourth quarter. The Washington game, they didn't blow out a really bad Washington team. That Washington team was worse than this Falcons team. And they didn't play as impressively in that game as the Packers did in this one. It just seems like the basement is different, right? The floor is different for this team. Even a a B performance is 30 points and a two-score win. Exactly. And that's the thing. I feel like, you know, going down the line, it's I think teams are going to have to score at least 30 or maybe at least 28 to, to beat the Packers here. Because, again, I, I just don't see them kind of, you know, letting their foot off the the break there in terms of scoring. And that's been the encouraging thing to see is that this team, again, still can get a lot better because, again, they didn't have Devontae. They didn't have Allen. Um, Mm -hmm. There were still points, again, with that goal line stuff that they could have had uh, in the final point total. So it's, again, there's still a a higher ceiling for this team. That's going to be fun to see how that kind of develops through the, the second quarter of this season. Yeah, last week we talked about the defense and how we thought it could be better. Uh, we've you know, expressed some concern to varying degrees over the defense. And the conclusion that we came to more or less was their good players just need to play better. And we saw on Monday night, Zadarius Smith is still capable of taking over games, had three sacks, uh, I think seven pressures per pro football focus. This was the version of Zadarius Smith we thought we were going to get. And and if that's the version we're going to get moving forward, this defense can can be really good, right? I completely agree. And again, I just was like, if you look at what they did in the first half, three and out, three and out, 94-yard drive for a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> but but a field goal, not a touchdown. Goal, right. And then a three and out. It's This team held the Falcons to 16 points, even with Calvin Ridley back, even with Julio, who again left the game with a hamstring injury. You know, even with those top guys back, this team still held them to 16 points, which I think was very impressive to do. And like you mentioned, Zedarius just had a monster night there, and they were without Kenny Clark. So it's you're kind of you're kind of hoping this defense gets a lot better kind of after the bye. And I mean, I even asked Zedarius yesterday, it's you know, what have you really seen out of this team after a month of play? And he said, our tackling still has to get better, and run defense has to get better. 
And again, they know those are, those things are issues. You just have to kind of get those fixed. Yeah, and the run defense was much better yesterday. I mean, averaged, uh, allowed under three and a half yards a carry. You know, just a couple little, you know, Todd Gurley bounces to the outside. You know, the touchdown was, I thought, just a great play by Matt Ryan. I, I want to talk about Jair Alexander because I've been so impressed with him. And he's one of those guys that w- when you're around him, when you talk to him, his energy is infectious. He's got a little bit of a... You know, he's he's not a brash guy, but he is uh, a very confident guy and he's playing up to that potential. I mean, if Zadarius and Jair Alexander are playing like this, I mean, how good can this defense be? It can be really good. And we saw kind of, you know, it's a good thing they're heading into the bye. So those guys in the DB room can get healthy. But with Jair yeah. playing the way he is and again, he can still get better. I mean, we, we talked to him today and he said that you know i know he wants to be an all pro and those interceptions have to be there for him and he said you know he almost had one against Drew Brees. it just he took his eye off the ball and just was kind of focused towards the end zones and he didn't end up making the, the pick but his ceiling is still high and that's just been fun to see is that you know he calls himself prime time job money so you know <laughs> he says he shines brightest when it's prime time football granted they have a couple of those games left but I feel like this team can get a lot better because, again, you're not going to peak in week four of the season. That's just not going to happen. So if this defense can really peak in the second half, it's it's going to be fun. It is, and they have a huge test coming out of the bye. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, a couple weeks after that, they've got the 49ers, the Vikings, who, who got their act together a little bit. They need this team healthy for the meat of the schedule, and and that's what's coming up. There were some questions about Devontae Adams and Kenny Clark and those guys. It sounded like they were really close, and I think if we're being honest, if it's a playoff game, those guys are playing. How did you feel about the strategy to to basically sit everyone who was borderline on Monday? You know what? I think, obviously, the the doctors and all those guys who are consulting LaFleur and and his staff are just basically being like, we're going to just make sure we're more cautious than anything, especially with the bye coming up. And again, what we saw with Julio Jones, who came back from a hamstring and left with a hamstring injury, you're kind of like, well, that probably was the best decision to make because not that they don't need a Devontae Adams, not that they don't need a Kenny Clark. It's they were able to win in that fashion without those guys. So they can get healthy with two extra weeks of rest. So I, I think it was, in hindsight, overall, a very smart decision. But of course, I know those guys really wanted to play. The last thing I want to ask you about is a question that I, I guess I don't think I've even fully reckoned with. When you go back and look at you know these, these wins that the Packers have, the four wins, the Vikings can't really hang their hat on injuries, but they're, they're breaking in a whole new secondary. A rookie receiver who has looked awesome since week one. Uh, the, the Lions were without their best offensive playmaker. The Saints were without their best offensive playmaker. And and now the Falcons were without basically their whole secondary. Or do you have any reservations about how good you think this team is based on on the tests they have? Or is it just football and, and attrition is going to happen? You know, I think attrition is going to happen. But, you know, I, I do feel like once they kind of get into the meat of their schedule and they play a really stout defense, that's where I'm curious to see kind of how does this offense respond. Or on the flip on the flip side, if they're playing Patrick Mahomes, you know, whatever, and a, and a very good offense, it's can they still produce the way they have? And again, I know everyone's going to say X, Y, and Z, they can only play who's on their schedule, but it's when they face yeah. those really elite teams, 
it's can they still perform that way. But from what I've seen right now, yes, the defense has to get better, and I think they will down the stretch. I, I, I honestly still believe that despite whatever defense this Packers offense faces, I still believe they can produce points. And that is not something I would have said years ago. Yeah, I think that's that's right. And, and you know, maybe the Falcons defense isn't great and it's probably not right. It's probably really bad, <laughs> but they were able to get whatever they wanted without what two of their best three offensive players in terms of the skill positions. That tells me that when the stakes are raised and when the defenses get tougher, that if they have those guys, Matt LaFleur is able to find a way. And, and I think we're just seeing now the, the capabilities of Matt LaFleur. I mean, some of the creative stuff last night with with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams and Tyler Irvin on the field together, even if Tyler Irvin is a receiver, what he can do with the jet game and the orbit motion and all of the crazy stuff they're doing pre-snap. Rick Wagner was basically playing big dogs, uh, blocking tight end role on Monday. Like they were doing some really cool things. I mentioned this at the end of last week. It, it has to feel different. It certainly feels different to me going into a game where you feel like you have the best coach on the field. Certainly at the end of the McCarthy era, the Packers and Packer fans did not feel that way. And, and that's right. And, you know, huge props to Matt LaFleur because, again, we were wondering without your top two wide receivers, how are they going to adjust to a game plan? And he said, well, you know, no no receivers, no problem. We'll just throw to our running backs and we'll throw to our tight end. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Aaron won't miss a throw to either of them. Right, exactly. And, you know, we saw that package with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams on the field at the same time. It's You have to believe, though, that he still has a couple packages that he hasn't introduced yet, and maybe those are going to be shown during those games against maybe higher caliber teams. And that's what I'm interested to see because I, I just don't believe we've seen the full arsenal of this offense yet. And that's scary to say, but you know, I have to give Matt LaFleur so much props because again, it's just been such a 180 from the product we saw offensively last year, because even in that NFC title game, it was, could they even score points? Like it, we, I wasn't confident, but now it's, I feel like you can put any defense in front of this offense and they'll find a way to score. Yeah, and it certainly makes me feel more confident that the, with the 49ers not having Nick Bosa, I think that would make me a little more scared yep. if he were on the field. But the 49ers would be the one defensive foil that you could say, okay, maybe this is the team that could do it. And they're banged up. D Ford's hurt. Richard Sherman's hurt. Nick Bosa's not going to be back this year. And, De- and DeForest Buckner is showing in Indianapolis that he was a huge part of the 49ers' success Last year, uh, Lily, we're going to be back for the bye week uh, and it's going to be a little different for us because we won't have a game to have talked about, but we'll, we'll still have we'll still find a way to have some fun. I'm sure we'll have, we'll have 15 minutes of, of lovely random stuff to talk about and people who like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lily. Thanks. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. 
Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store the injury to josiah deguara is a tough one because matt lafleur loved deguara and this was an injury that came late in the game they're trying to run out the clock and it's an ACL tear, sounds like, so he's going to miss the whole season and, and may not be ready for camp next year, depending on you know his recovery in all of this. Green Bay's ability to play with big personnel, to play with multiple personnel, I mean, we saw them all kinds of formations and personnel groupings and three running backs on the field at times, two tight ends, three tight ends. You know, Mercedes Lewis is an older player. And, you know, he missed Monday's game. It's going to be harder and harder for these kinds of guys to stay on the field. Now, you love what you're getting from Robert Tanyan. Big Bob is large and in charge this year. And Jay Sternberger is coming along as a, as a player. I think he's developing into someone who can, can help you in the run game and the passing game. The combination of those two guys could be really good in Green Bay for a long time. The ability to play Josiah as a fullback. And have him lead block as well as split out, uh, create down the field, run those fullback seam routes, fullback wheel routes, H-back, all kinds of flexibility from a positional standpoint. He was just another piece that you could incorporate into this offense. Now, more is going to fall on Jace Sternberger, which I'm sure if you're Jace, you're fine with because he's had some limited opportunities coming in with a little bit of a shortened preseason because of you know his stint on the COVID list. And... You know, you, you want Mercedes Lewis to be healthy. Hopefully when the bye week is over, he will be healthy coming out of that and can stay healthy over the course of the season because his ability to block. I mean, the, the Packers scored on a touchdown against the Saints where he blocked Cameron Jordan one-on-one. Not many guys can do that. And and Rick Wagner was out there playing basically uh, the, the big dog spot as the extra tight end a couple times on Monday night. You'd rather have someone who is eligible to catch passes and could actually do that if if called upon. So hopefully those guys get healthy. Losing DeGuar is a huge bummer because I think his role in this offense was clearly defined. Matt LaFleur had an idea of what they wanted him to be. 
and what he could be, and they were going to give him every chance to do that. His his juice, his athleticism, it's all there for for him to to be a really good player. And I think it's it's always sad when a, a young promising player gets hurt because your development is stunted, and so now he's going to go through what what could be his first true off season. He's not going to be healthy. He's going to be rehabbing, so he's not going to be out there with his teammates. And and that makes it harder to you know to make that year two leap. He's going to be essentially a rookie again next year, and you know when when you have a somewhat limited window with Aaron Rodgers, and who knows, Aaron Rodgers might you know get a contract extension. He keeps playing like this. That that is something that can can set back the growth of your football team. So it, it's a bummer for the Packers. It's a bummer for Josiah. But luckily for them, you know you have the emergence of Tanya and Sternberger and and that security blanket with Mercedes Lewis. So I think they're going to be fine. It's one of those things that happens. Attrition is part of the game. We talked about it with Lily, and you you, you need to make sure you get injured in in the right places. This is a place where they have depth. And so it sucks for Josiah, but the Packers can weather this storm. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. A lot more to get to, breaking down where this team stands at 4-0 heading into the bye week. And uh, we're uh, excited to do that, excited to bring that to you. We're still going to have our shows on the bye week, so so make sure you you stay with us. Make sure you stay subscribed. We're going to have a Friday show in the morning up, ready to go. And then our Friday Periscope is going to be same time. It's just going to be for Periscope. So it will be a Periscope exclusive. Be sure to check that out. Follow me there. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay. Locked on Packers.